We all know that these are some very different times, very bad times, really, in, in America. Some people are calling 2020 the worst year ever. Uh, there's so many things that's gone wrong. Um, people are, I think there is a monstrous setup going on, a monstrous governmental thing going on. I think there's communism. I think that we are at war. I think that we've been attacked. I think that, you know, uh, we've been attacked by, we know China. We, we know that we've had these big hits and hacks in our systems. Um, we know, uh, you know, then there was this Nashville explosion, which I don't think anybody knows exactly what's going on with that yet. But uh, one thing's for sure, they did say that they were um, controlling the airspace over Nashville. I thought that that was a very uh, pointed thing to be brought out. Uh, if you hadn't heard about that, you know, Nashville, the explosion that happened down there. Well, they also uh, are protecting that airspace. There can be no planes fly over Nashville, Tennessee, or they'll be shot down. So that's interesting. Uh, never before in a bombing that I'm aware of did we control the airspace like that. But at any rate, all these things are going on, and there's a lot of people out there. Nobody knows what for. It could have been just a personal thing, a vendetta somebody had. Um, but it had to be a pretty sophisticated person to be having this voice come over this this thing. Um, they said they, they they found the person of interest where this motorhome was parked was a guy that was some kind of, I think they said he did security systems or something like that. So he would have known electronics and things like this. Um, was he trying to get back at someone? Nobody knows. Was this a terrorist thing? Nobody really knows. Um, but the fact that it was letting people know what was going on, uh, this thing's going to explode, get out of here. Um, so uh, interesting that all this stuff is happening right now in this, in this year. And I don't think 21 is going to be a better year. I'm just going to tell you that. Um, I think it's going to be worse. I think that um, especially if Biden gets in, uh, you're going to take a, a sharp turn for communism. I think the economy is going to go terribly bad. I think that uh, you're going to see this roller coaster ride go downhill very, very fast uh, as we're moved towards a global. Uh, and I have no, it is definitely the devil that has caused people to want this. I have no, it is definitely the end of the book coming true. It is scripturally, when we know what the scripture says is going to happen. We know what's going to take place. It has been prophesied. It has been foretold. But I guess when you're standing in the middle of the prophecy as it's happening, it's hard to imagine when you're saved that people would want such a devilish ideology controlling their life. I just don't get it. Talking about a group of people that hates Christians and you go vote for them? My goodness, I just, I don't understand it. I can't understand it. Um, but I wanted to read to you something. Um, Daniel's prophecy in Daniel chapter 2, which I, had, I have done some studying on. And it's the image that Nebuchadnezzar, he had, Nebuchadnezzar was having all kinds of dreams. And just to set this up for you, I'm going to read it for you, but... He had this dream that disturbed him so bad 
that he couldn't sleep. And he wanted, I mean, in this, in Babylon, which Babylon is pretty much where every bad thing come from. Uh, every evil thing got its beginning in Babylon, especially the pagan religions. And in Babylon, there was astrologers and there was, there was soothsayers and all this. And then there was Daniel, and, you know, uh, the, these, these Hebrews that, could in, that were true people of God. And so the king was so upset, Nebuchadnezzar was so upset, that he said, he said, listen, I want someone to come in here and tell me what I dreamed and then interpret it. And if this person can't do this, then and there's no one to be found that can do this. I'm going to kill every one of them. I'm going to tear them limb from limb. So Daniel heard about this because the guard come to kill, the, kill all these astrologers and soothsayers. And Daniel was part of it. And he said, hold on a minute. So he, he sent word to the king, give me a hot minute to pray about this, me and the boys, and we'll get you an interpretation. And so God gave Daniel the interpretation. But I, I want to read to you this, and then we'll watch this movie real quick. And uh, it's a sign of the times in the kingdoms that would take place. So he dreamed, basically, I'm going to set this up for you, the statue, a multi-metal man statue. Okay. And this was the dream that he had. And this is what it says. One night during the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had such disturbing dreams that he couldn't sleep. He called in his magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers. And he demanded that they tell him what he had dreamed. As they stood before the king, he said, I have had a dream that deeply troubles me and I must know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, Long live the king! Tell us the dream and we'll tell you what it means. But the king said to the astrologers, I am serious about this. If you don't tell me what my dream was and what it means, you will be torn limb from limb and your houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. But if you tell me what I dreamed and what the dream means, I will give you many wonderful gifts and honors. Just tell me the dream and what it means. And they said again, please, your majesty, tell us the dream and we'll tell you what it means. The king replied, I know what you're doing. You're stalling for time because you know I am serious when I say if you don't tell me that you're doomed. So you have conspired to tell me lies, hoping I will change my mind. But tell me the dream and then I'll know that you can tell me what it means. The astrologers replied to the king, No one on earth can tell the king his dream, and no king, however great and powerful, have, has ever asked such a thing of any magician, enchanter, or astrologer. The, king demanded, uh, the, the king's demand is impossible. No one except the gods can tell you your dream, and they do not live here among people. So this is a nice segue the king was furious as he heard this, and he ordered that all the wise men of Babylon be executed. And because of the king's decree, men were sent to find and kill Daniel and his friends. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, came to kill them, Daniel hand handled the situation with wisdom and discretion, and he asked Arioch, why has the king issued such a harsh decree? 
So Arioch told him that all that happened, and Daniel went at once to see the king and requested more time to tell the king what the dream meant. Then Daniel went home and told his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, what had happened, and he urged them to ask the God of heaven to show them his mercy by telling them the secret, so they would not be executed along with the other wise men of Babylon. Now that's interesting. Wise men who were allegedly following a star to Bethlehem. That night, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision. And then Daniel praised the God of heaven and he said, Praise the name of God forever and ever, for he has all wisdom and power. He controls the course of world events. He removes kings and sets up other kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholars. He reveals deep and mysterious things and knows what lies hidden in the darkness, though he is surrounded by the light. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors, for you have given me wisdom and strength. You have told me what we asked of you and revealed to us what the king demanded. Then Daniel went to see Arioch, whom the king had ordered to execute the wise men of Babylon. And Daniel said to him, don't kill these wise men. Take me to the king and I will tell him the meaning of his dream. Arioch quickly took Daniel to the king and says, I have found one of the captives from Judah who will tell the king the meaning of his dream. The king said to Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, is this true? Can you tell me my dream and what it means? Daniel replied, there are no wise men, enchanters, magicians, or fortune tellers who can reveal the king's secret. I think that's a very telling thing that magicians, enchanters, and wise men aren't connected with the things of God. Okay, so now listen to this. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets as he has shown Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the future. Now I will tell you your dream and the visions as you saw lying on your bed. While your majesty was sleeping, you dreamed about the coming events. He who reveals secrets has shown you what is going to happen. It is not because I am wiser than anyone else that I know the secret of your dream, but because God wants you to understand what's in your heart. In your vision, your majesty, You saw standing before you a huge, shining statue of a man. It was a frightening sight. The head of the statue, listen to this, was made of fine gold. Its chest and arms were silver. Its belly and thighs were bronze. Its legs were iron and its feet were a combination of iron and clay. As you watched, a rock was cut from a mountain, but not by human hands. It struck the feet of iron and clay, smashing them to bits. The whole statue was crushed into small pieces of iron, clay, bronze, silver, and gold. Then the wind blew them away without a trace like chaff on a threshing floor. But the rock that knocked the statue down became the great mountain that covered the whole earth. You know, we always heard that Jesus is what the chief what? cornerstone, the rock. 
He said to Peter, upon this rock. That's right. So, not that Peter was the rock, but he was referring to himself. Okay? All right. That was the dream. Now I'm going to tell the king what it means. Your majesty, you are the greatest of kings. So God... God, even though Nebuchadnezzar was not considered a holy man, it was obvious according to what Daniel was saying that God had set this kingdom up as the beginning of the end time prophecy. Okay? Listen to this. The God of heaven has given you sovereignty. He's given it to you. Power, strength, and honor. He has made you the ruler over all the inhabited world and has put even the wild animals and birds under your control. You are the head of gold. Now notice that all that splendor that was just given to him, we don't even know who he is. So much time has passed, that kingdom is long gone. Okay? But after your kingdom comes to an end, another kingdom inferior to yours will rise and take your place. After that kingdom has fallen, yet a third kingdom, represented by bronze, will rule the world. Following that kingdom, there will be a fourth one. Uh, it says here, as strong iron. That kingdom will smash and crush all previous empires, just as iron smashes and crushes everything it strikes. The feet and toes you saw were a combination of iron and miry clay or baked clay, dirty clay. Showing that this kingdom will be divided like iron mixed with clay. It will have some of the strength of iron, it says. But while some parts of it will be as strong as iron, other parts will be as weak as clay. This mixture of iron and clay also shows that these kingdoms will try to strengthen themselves by forming alliances with each other through intermarriage, but they will not hold together just as iron cannot mix with clay. During the reigns of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed or conquered. It will crush all these kingdoms into nothingness and it will stand forever. That's the church. That is the meaning of the rock cut from the mountain. Though not by human hands that crushed to pieces the statue of iron, bronze, clay, silver, and gold. The great God was showing the king what will happen in the future. This dream is true and its meaning is certain. So we studied this out in, in Bible college in all these different kingdoms, and uh, it was a lot of fun. The next kingdom to be set up was the Medo-Persian kingdom, which was a, a kingdom that ruled the world. Okay, um, History tells us the kingdom which conquered Babylon in 539 B.C. was the Medo-Persian Empire. Uh, the kingdom had two parts, the Medes and the Persians. Uh, with Persia being the stronger nation. This, now we're talking about the Iraq-Iran area. Okay. Um, the next kingdom, the thighs of brass, which was Greece. The next nation after the Medo-Persian Empire was conquered and took control was uh, Alexander the Great of Greece. The kingdom of Greece began in 331 B.C. 
Uh, and after the conquest of Alexander the Great in the Battle of Arbela in 331 BC, the soldiers of the Grecian Empire wore bronze. The legs of iron was Rome. Rome was the kingdom which ruled the world after it conquered Greece in 168 BC. And it was the dominant kingdom that ruled until the time of Jesus. Iron was widely used in the armor and weapons of the Roman Empire. And what about the two legs? History confirms that Rome split into two political areas. The Western Empire ruled from Rome and the Eastern Empire ruled by Constantinople near Turkey. Um, The two metals in the image uh, that began with gold, which was the most glorious metal, matching the kingdom of Babylon, and then we get down to the kingdom of iron ruled by Rome, was less glorious but was more strong than any of the other kingdoms, which is true. The feet of iron and clay. Now this is, this is uh, going to get very interesting because this is coming down to where we're at, um, is Europe. Uh, The Roman Empire, as a one-world power, disintegrated due to the attacks from the barbarian tribes in 476 A.D. Okay, Uh, Rome lost its power, and the tribes that sacked Rome uh, became the ten nations of Europe, the ten toes. Okay, Uh, these tribes were the Ostrogoths, Visigoths, Franks, Vandals, Aluminians, Surveys, Anglo-Saxons, Heruli, Lombards, and Burgundians. Three of these tribes were uprooted by the Papal Rome, the little horn of power, okay? which is the, the Roman uh, uh, Catholic Church. And it says here, uh, the other seven evolved from the nations of today, like Great Britain, France, Germany, Spain, etc., and, uh, and again, it quotes Daniel here, whereas thou sawest the feet of toes, uh, part of the potter's clay, part of iron, and the kingdom shall be divided. Uh, <clears throat> so we know from the Roman Empire, uh, it was the last single world kingdom to rule the earth. And even though the strength of the iron civil power is still amongst the nations of the earth, they will remain partly broken, never to fully cleave to one another again. So even we see right now, they tried to form the European Union, right? But Great Britain is just now pulling apart from the European Union because that iron and clay just can't mix together no more. It can't be again. The Bible says it will never be again. So they've just signed another agreement. I think that pulling them them free from the European Union. So, or at least they've been trying for a while. So they, they can't, they've tried to form the alliance, alliance as we know it, the European Union, which Daniel's dream is coming true, I mean, to the, to the nth degree. But if you take a, look, a, a deeper look, there's a more important factor regarding the feet. And it says, um, you know, which is the meaning of the, of the iron and clay. If you read Psalm 2 and 9 and Revelations 2.27, you'll see that iron is a symbol of ruling power. So in terms of the world, iron would denote a civil ruling power. 
And what about the clay? If you read Isaiah 64 and 8 and Jeremiah 18, 1 through 6, you'll see that the clay in the Bible represents the people of God with the Lord being the potter. The scripture tells us we are the clay. He's the potter. He makes us and forms us, right? So, uh, iron, civil ruling power, clay, God's professed church. So God's telling us through his image, the mingling of the church and the civil power after the fall of the Roman Empire. So here, here, is, some, here is something to consider. Um, the mingling of the clay and the iron, some has taken to mean an apostate church. And does uh, history confirm such a happening? I'm talking about the church getting involved with civil power. Okay. The Papal Church of Rome took control after pagan Rome fell. Okay. At the fall of the Roman Empire, the church took control and the bishops took the place of the Caesars. Okay. That's a fact of history. And from their seat of authority, which Satan gave them, they persecuted and killed millions and millions of Christian people. Okay? That would be the state of things as we come down into these latter times. If you look at the ten toes, uh, do they represent anything? Yes. In Revelation 17, 12, and 13, the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as king with honor from the beast. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength to the beast. The ten toes represents the ten kingdoms in the last days which will, re, which will unite with the papal beast and give their power to the beast so that he can enforce uh, the mark upon the world. That is what we were taught. I believe that's absolutely on point. Um, so the last remaining portion of the old Roman Empire is the Roman Catholic Church. The iron mixed with the clay. Okay. The rock that smashes it and it's an apostate church. So if you start at the tip top of this evil statue you go from babylon all the way down to the bottom to an apostate church who has its roots in all of this stuff how can i prove that if you go to the encyclopedia britannica and you look this stuff up for yourself and we have a former catholic here amongst us the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, incorporates everything from Babylon to Medo-Persia to Greece to Rome in all of their services. That's a fact. So when the Roman Church when Rome was conquering the world, the Roman church then took on all the pagan practices of the countries 
and that they conquered and they incorporated it into the church. Everything from Dagon worship to Molech can be found in Catholicism. They are the last of that statue. The only thing left right now is that rock that smash it all to bits. And that's where we're at right now. The Church of Jesus Christ in 2020. The, probably this, this year will go down as one of the worst in American history. 